You're listening to I Like Your Dress with Allie and Tori. Rambles of love, fear, and trying new things. This podcast is recorded in the Femme Den, a cute little ground suite in Richmond with pink swans on the wall. Edited by two novice up-and-coming podcasters. Join us every week for a different adventure. All right, and we're back. We're back. Hello, everyone. Hi. We're here today with our newest guest mm-hmm. for a new whole new topic. It's great. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. We are joined by Chris Lamb, who is a director of the Fringe play Amelie. Welcome, Chris. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. It was really interesting. Um, my place is tucked away in Richmond. It's a bit of a maze. And Chris was so kind enough. He His phone ran out of battery. <laughs> really busy day and uh, he was lost in Richmond as a like every other guest that has joined us we've decided from now on we're just gonna pick everyone out because this is the fourth time that someone has not been able to find our podcast (laughs) which is fair enough because like I said my place is tucked away it's impossible to find thank you so much for coming regardless regardless all of that that was amazing um we brought you in today because we are very interested of everything Fringe right now, and we were hoping you could tell us a little bit about your play. Oh, yeah. Um, so I directed Amelie, and it's the musical version of Amelie, and um, we just closed it last night, actually. So we just closed it, and um, all the shows essentially were sold out since um, last Tuesday. Wow. Um, so we I, believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing the word of mouth got out pretty quickly and then, um, people just started showing up and, um, I just kept getting all these, um, box office reports being like, yeah, we're at capacity all the time. <laughs> so, um, it was a really successful run and I'm really happy that the cast uh, were playing to like large houses, which I, they deserve. They deserve to have large houses. Oh, totally. That's, That's so... sometimes an issue at French festivals, like oh, actually yeah. having a big audience. Mm-hmm. And so it's so nice to actually have that energy from the room, everyone yeah. listening. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. And did you know about Emily before you got the rights to the play? Like, tell us a bit about that. So uh, I, I've seen the movie before, love the movie. And then um, the sh- the musical actually ran on Broadway for a very brief stint. Like, mm-hmm. I think it closed after 60 performances. So it's considered mm-hmm. a failure. Oh, no. So it was actually a flop. Um, at the time they, the, the star, the leading star was Philippa Sue, who was of like Hamilton fame. Yeah. And, um, even she could not carry the show. (laughs) So it did, it did shudder very quickly. And, um, I had heard that, oh, you know, I guess every, you know, these days you can just turn anything into musicals. So mostly most movie properties are just being turned into musicals now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I found a copy of the cast recording and just because I was curious and I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is really sweet. Oh, it's it's great. It's It's so good. It's a really sweet, charming little show. Mm -hmm. And it's fairly faithful. It's fairly faithful to the movie. Mm -hmm. I found that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We both did. But, you know... um, the runtime's a little bit shorter. I think they streamlined a lot of the of uh, the, the the plot from the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I like that the fact that the musical is like just a one act. Yeah, it's short. It's there's no intermission. Yeah, um, kind of in and out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of opens quietly and it closes very quietly. So it's it kind does. Of, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's very sweet how it does that though. It it was. 
it was a really lovely play. I thought it did the movie really just mm-hmm. for anybody who was a massive fan. Oh, that's we both love that. Oh, film. it's we my number French one. Kids. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, my number you know, one like, favorite movie. Yeah, actually, was it in French class? I don't remember if it's French class or English class. I didn't we, watch it in French. Did no, you? No, we definitely did in one of the our classes. Oh, but I'm a dropout. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I well, dropped. I dropped out in the love in the crane. Tori oh, kept the I'm torch. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> bringing back memories okay I swear. my failures <laughs> oh dear well anyway i love the songs they were amazing yeah I had a great time that was so awesome the goldfish number was perfect that Aww. one was my favorite too and like the choice to have the big puppet with the guy dancing around with it oh my god Aww. it was like it was great oh, was great. it a difficult process to get the rights for that um the first year i i had heard that they um, had released it. Um, I did send an email to the licensing company and they flat out refused because they were only interested in bigger professional companies mm. doing it first. Aww. So I think about a year and a half later, they, um, they, they sort of released it to basically like amateur and stock groups doing it and, and professional as well. So um, I was persistent Good for you. I Paid one, off. I played. I I sort of applied one more time, and I got it. And then I told my um my musical director, "We have to do it now. Yeah. It's the only time we can do it." And I was like, "I think it's going to be good for Fringe." Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of was just like clandestine. It was just kind of like it, it. It all happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, "We need to do this now." Yeah. 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 Wow. And it was a great choice. Honestly, like you said, sold out every night. We actually, Fringe was kind enough um, to give us tickets to the show. And media passes. Media passes. Of. Thank oh, you. Nice. A special shout out to the wonderful Carla and her amazing supervisor who gave us the tickets. I think it was Debbie. Yeah. Yes, it she was, was Debbie. Thank you very much. We absolutely love the show and gave us Chris's information who is also kind enough to come on. Yeah, um, we got to the break your fringe fringe virginity. I know. Virginity. This I feel is like my first there. fringe play Amazing. and it was it was so the exciting. best experience. I got it. Ver virginity. Fringinity. No. Fringinity? <laughs> no, trying to combine it into like a pun, it's not working. <laughs> well, fringinity sounds fun. I, it does. I don't know. Uh. Just need the ver in there. Virginity yeah. is also a word that just doesn't sound very it's true, yeah. like fun all right. at all. It's true. Sorry, that sounds well, terrible for people. Right. I'm gonna stop that. <laughs> Moving on. So tell us a little bit about how you got into directing. Um, well, for me, um, I trained as an actor first, and I graduated, and there was a part of me that was sort of like, I don't think, I don't think I'm gonna do well you know in terms of getting lead roles or anything like that just because um it's not like it's not that I didn't have a lot of self-worth it was just sort of I think it was going to be difficult to sort of cast me in certain types of roles um so I I was sort of like well I don't even know I want to continue acting Mm -hmm. but I thought there are certain stories I want to tell and I think I sort of want to try directing and I think this was like 10 years ago I did something right out of college I did a version of The Glass Menagerie by Tennessee Williams wow. it was um, it was well received 
Um, but it was more like an experiment for me. And mm-hmm. um, I kind of just never stopped from that point on mm-hmm. because I... I love to think about bigger picture and I'm always curious about different types of narratives. And now, um, a lot of the ways that I approach directing, it's sort of, it's kind of political, but not political, but there are sort of types of narratives that I am interested in telling. Mm-hmm. I think, um, there's just certain stories that I don't think certain companies are willing, are willing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And, um, I also am a big proponent of inclusion and diversity. So um, a lot of the stuff that you see on stage, you know, there is a wide range of um, diverse people Mm -hmm. on stage um, that are represented and and we need to see more of that. Yeah, Um, 100%. Yeah, so like Amelie, for instance, is a show where you look at the makeup of it and it's very... It is diverse, and mm-hmm. and I think it should be reflective of Vancouver. I mean, yeah. just because, you know, I'm sure it's fine if it was done traditionally the way that it's always been done, but I feel like if I want to get a larger demographic of people to see it, they should probably see themselves in the show. Oh, totally. Um, and I'm sure also a story like Amelie, which is set in... France, you know, it's a little bit, probably a little bit more cosmopolitan, a little bit more Mm -hmm. multicultural anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's good. There's just a lot of color on stage, which is kind of nice. I love that. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I find that so poetic. It's kind of the makeup of the people who absolutely admire the movie and you get to see that devotion and love for it Mm -hmm. on stage. Oh, no, I love that. Fantastic. Just... Oh, no. I can't even put it into words, but it just makes me happy. I really enjoyed watching it, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed the, like, just, oh, The man. aesthetic of it was fantastic, as, as the movie. It really it Aww. really did do it just, and thank you for putting it onto the stage. Um, do you have any advice for people who want to break into acting or want to um, get out there and directing or even maybe try out for the French Festival next year? Just do it. Just, yeah. just go for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know with Fringe, I mean, half of the shows that happen during Fringe are people who are probably not theater trained or they mm-hmm. just feel like, oh, I have a story to tell and I, this may be a good opportunity just to get something up on stage and then mm-hmm. just do it. Um, you know, so I don't think most people are necessarily have to be theater trained, although it does help. But I think Fringe is just like another platform for people just to get their thing on stage and or just kind of seen and visible and heard and then you know see what happens from there um I, I mean actually funny story about just kind of like just throwing yourself into it um the the lead guy who in Amelie the mm-hmm. the guy who played Nino yeah um he's a musician um but he but he has like a regular Joe job and um he's never auditioned or done any musical theater before yeah so oh. he He challenged himself to just kind of, I'm just going to try doing a musical. And he he came out to um, our first round of auditions and he, you know, he sent me like this resume, which I was like, oh, this this (laughs) looks, this looks interesting. I, it's, you know, it was a bit, there wasn't anything on there that reflected like theater. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I was a little bit worried, but he seemed nice. And I was like, well, I'm more than happy to mm-hmm. hear you sing and, you know, give you any feedback. And he kind of just opened his mouth and I, I, I didn't expect 
when mm-hmm. I heard it was just kind of like where, where where are you from That's where where so have you been amazing. hiding it's so cute oh, I, love I thought that he story. did a great job he I did. loved it I was like oh man I want to get him to sign my face <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't oh my goodness I, like, oh man I'm trying not that. to be weird but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pass it on if if you do see him again uh Tori wants uh his signature like, on somewhere. her face <laughs> somewhere <laughs> That anyway. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Do you have a favorite number? From the show? Yeah. I I really like um the final song. Um it's mm. called Where Do We Go From Here? And mm. I mean it's just kind of like this sweet little melody and it's very bittersweet. I think that one and probably um the one called When the When the Booth Goes Bright, which mm. is sung by Nino mm-hmm. at some point where they're kind of like looking through the photo albums and then he just talks about I guess he's sort of this is his MO, why he takes yeah. all the pictures. Mm-hmm. Or he just takes all the discarded pictures and and it's just kinda of like this really kind of great folk rock kind of song. Yeah. And yeah. That I think those are the two. Mm-hmm. It's kind of switching back and forth now. I think the the final song was perfect. That was just a great one to end on. You're right. It's very bittersweet. Where, mm-hmm. and I like that though. The honesty of it, like yeah. you know, it could be sad, it could be happy, but you know, whatever it is, it's gonna go. You know, we're doing it together. Yeah. I think was kind oh, of just fit. That's right. It was yeah. nice. I love that, and it, even with the film too, like it has that beautiful. I don't know. You don't really know what's gonna happen next, but it's just. It's a golden retriever movie. You can't hate it. <laughs> like, it's just... You can't hate it. Oh my it's God. like La La Land, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's very different than a golden retriever movie. Like, everybody- Oh, actually, yeah. No, the dog <laughs> dies in the end. <laughs> in La La Land. Oh, I forgot for a second. Like, oh, yeah, it's beautiful and it's wonderful and no, love is poison. <laughs> Oh, we should definitely edit that out. <laughs> I kind of like it. Oh, no. Wait. No, I'm editing this one. You, you're editing the other one. Oh, I have damn it. She has the power on this one. I, I edit the other ones. Nice. Um, do you have... Um, oh, is this... You said you... We were talking in the car a little bit, but um, you have done other Fringe Festival. This isn't your first time enrolling in one, right? Nope. Nope, this oh. is, um, I forgot count, I forgot the count, but <laughs> this one, yeah, I, I did, I directed the, um, the one-man show last year, the yeah. Big Queer Filipino Karaoke Night, and then... That just sounds like so much fun. <laughs> it was, it's really cool because it was sort of like half audience participatory karaoke, mm-hmm. and then half storytelling, which is, it's a one-man show who talks about his navigation through being queer and and being Filipino and it's sort of that sort of intercultural kind of tension yeah and a lot of like sort of diaspora and it's uh it was a, it's it's basically his story mm-hmm. and he was just sort of sh- kind of shaping it out to, um for I think a larger a larger piece mm-hmm. um but we had like something like 70 minutes that we could only do so um yeah I did that and then um a couple of years ago I did something with Fringe and it was a it was a play called The Nether and it was at the same um, venue that you saw Amelie mm-hmm. and it was this really dark play about virtual reality and um, child pedophilia oh. and um, it, it was like this whole thing where there was a realm in this distant future where people can go into these virtual rooms yeah. and they can do all these 
weird, horrible things, whatever they wanted to do, or fulfill whatever dark desire, and there would be there would be no consequences. You know, so mm. they would just pay for to go into these rooms to do all these things. But um, I guess there are certain groups who are monitoring these activities, and they're mm. sort of thinking like, well, is is what you're doing like is it ethical like yes there's no conf- like you're mm-hmm. it's not real but like should you should you be acting out these things mm-hmm. you know should there not be a consequence for thinking about all these sort of horrible dark things mm-hmm. that you yeah. that you can do in this room even though it's not real um so there's like a lot of that kind of um a lot of that was coming up a lot of sort of like this idea of surveillance and yeah and um um censoring mm-hmm. and you know that kind what of stuff what was that play called uh it's called the nether oh the nether I feel like and I've heard of it. um yeah. it was one of those shows where i think we had like 10 people in the audience for the first performance <laughs> just because no one knew anything about yeah. the play yeah and i think word uh, of mouth probably the, came out the yeah. word of mouth happened and it was one of those shows that actually basically was one of the the more successful shows of that of that season wow. so it's kind of like doing amelie was kind of um a weird full circle because it was that sort of thing where well known and yeah yeah and it's like total word of mouth and also people you know they they're like intrigued by the premise so then they'll come on see it and um both shows especially the nether two they both worked really well in that Mm. space so i'm kind of like having flashbacks of like (laughs) you know just sort of like very successful turnouts and reception that's fantastic. And this is your the sixth time that you've been in Fringe. I think so. I think wow. so. I know. I just can't get enough of Fringe. I love the, <laughs> I love the sense of community. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. the fact that there are so many different types of theater pieces mm-hmm. and they're like very diverse and strange. And the thing is, I think the best part about Fringe is that sometimes you should just go in blind. Oh, totally. Yes. And yeah, it could be a complete piece of shit. Or it, <laughs> but like... Even or, a crazy thing is still yeah. interesting. Absolutely, and absolutely, yeah. and that's it's kind of the luck of the draw because you know everyone's, you know, it's uh, because the fringe system is a lottery. They yeah. don't basically monitor what the piece is. They just know that if you, if you're in, you're in, and you know what, people pay tickets to something that they are just like. That is so, what a beautiful way to get your cool. art out and seen, though. Yeah. That's so there's, fantastic. There's some times I've been like, what did I walk into? Actually, most of the time. But you're like, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's in a good way. And sometimes it's like a, like, hmm, what? My favorite. <laughs> I don't know if it was two years ago, but I saw one. Oh, I can't remember what it was called. But it was essentially like, a, like singing sea monkeys that go to space. And also something about a president. And it was very weird. And I can't even remember like the logical story of it, but it was just like this wild show. Oh, I think it was right there, the sea monkeys that went yeah. to space. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. And before the show started, they gave us 3D glasses that I have not seen since I was like were eight. Were they needed? Like 3D, like blue and but red. But were they needed for no. the show? <laughs> like, not at all. And I'm like, but it was, it was a live performance, so it's already 3D. That was the joke. Oh. oh my goodness! I love it. I think they did have some crazy lights at some point, but like that is hilarious. Anyway, I have like a selfie where I look really dumb just in these glasses. I'm like, I feel like I'm seeing Spy Kids. Are again. you sure this just oh, wasn't yeah. an acid trip? Like this whole experience, guys. I might have just done drugs. And, yeah. yeah, there was no play. <laughs> no, there definitely was. Oh, but that's wow. what it feels like. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. yeah. I love the French. Okay, it's well, I I think 
one of the best like pieces of advice I'm getting here for like I went to a really um amazing show Amelie it was fantastic sold out now I should just go in blindly I think everybody who hasn't done the fridge before you should do a well-known show or a show that's getting a lot of um praise for anything yeah and then just go to a totally random show and just see if you have a cool story well, out of it. um if you're just walking around the island like the performers will come up to you like I saw juggling one year one year mm-hmm. and the juggling was really good mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have picked it because it was just you know the premise I was like oh it's juggling but he had walked up to me and I guess I had like a pass so I mm-hmm. I don't know what I just was able he lured you I think I had an, the artists get to go to shows for free or something. Yeah, we we get like little artist passes that we, yeah. So we can we can rush some shows. Yes, uh, obviously priorities for cust- uh, for mm-hmm. paying patrons. But yeah. the thing is, like, you know, it's just nice to just kind mm-hmm. of rush these seats, and then you know you end up like filling the house a little bit just so you know yeah. just encourages them. So you know, cool. oh totally, that's yeah. what it was. Then so nice. it was like four years ago. I did a, actually our high school teacher wrote uh, she's done a few plays at the mm-hmm. fringe and she had like an outdoor one where I was the fairy guide taking you from Shakespeare former to Shakespeare performer like Idola I think it was called oh, anyway wow. I was the fairy one of three fairies Beautiful. I literally had the I most lines <laughs> it was so hard but it was really fun <laughs> and I was like fresh out of high school well maybe a year after and I was like sure I'll do your play sounds fun and yeah That's and then so I saw crazy. a bunch of shows that year and it's really good but anyway wow. I forgot. It's been so long, but it was really, really cool. And that's why I saw the sea monkeys because I just walked in. And I also walked into the juggling performance on like a different day because I was just on the island. I did not sneak into the bar, I swear. That's right. There is a bar at the Fringe Festival, isn't I think there? Mm-hmm. you had to be 19 plus at the time. Yes. And I think you I still danced did. my way yeah. in a conga line. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sneaky. Don't tell them. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling right now. It's happening. Oh, my goodness. It was really good. Have you seen any of the Fringe plays um, other than your own? Uh, what did I see? Uh, I, had, I saw there was something called Becoming Magic Mike. It was like a one-man oh. show. Oh, I saw that. We were, we were we looking. Went. We almost went. That's so funny. Yeah. I, I so, Was I it mean, good? Uh, he was very, he's very funny. He was very funny. And it was kind of just a really silly one man show. And, um, he, for, for a guy like that to do all those moves, it was pretty hilarious. Amazing. It, it was good. And, um, I support my friend Lisa, who was in a show called the trophy hunt Ooh. and it took place, um, on Granville Island, just in like on outside. Yeah. So it was a, it was a roving show. So basically you go through like, um, three monologues and, there's a person at each different, there's a different point oh, that you sort of go to. And yeah, and you just kind of sit and watch these little three micro performances. Awesome. And um, I'm just trying to think if there was anything else. Um, I didn't have a lot of time. I was doing a lot of Yeah, things, you, but, were, you were very busy. <laughs> but um, I sure. wanted to definitely see a show called Mix, which mm. is this sort of one uh, I think this is a one-woman show, but I think she has two other characters that join her on stage. But it's her navigating through her sort of like mm. her interracial kind of um, um, sort of makeup, which is sort of like she's kind of wrestling with her black side. She's wrestling mm. with her white side. Mm. Um, apparently that it's hap- – there's a it's got picked up for the pick of the fringe, so wow. people can wow. go see it. Um, so there's that one, and there's another – little show called where the quiet queers are which oh, they were good. it's a it's a choral piece but they're singing inside a parking lot 
No. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like that parking lot that used to be uh, where Emily Carr was. The, um... That's so crazy. Right. Yeah. Can I be honest? That when you said it was in a parking lot, um, it kind of reminded me of, uh, have, you, have you watched SNL at all? Yeah, yeah. Do you know Stefan? Yeah. You know when he's trying to um, say that things are in like certain nightclubs and stuff? It's like located in a <laughs> random parking lot. <laughs> this play has everything. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I just made me remind me that of is, that. Because I use cool like that's so random being oh, yeah. in a parking lot. That's so crazy. I mean, the best scene in Pitch Perfect is also in a parking lot. That's true. Or maybe Pitch Perfect too. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> I like the parking lot scene, so oh, it's a good place to be. I think I have one more question, actually. Um, so you said you had a previous acting background. What do you have any advice for other Vancouverites who want to get into acting? Um, and just kind of want to get involved in the community, how can they do that? Uh, well, if you're right out of high school, I think you should definitely just apply and just, you know, audition. Mm-hmm. Or maybe take a year off, um, mm-hmm. experience life a little bit, and then kind of go in. Yeah. Or if you're just kind of, you never acted before, but you like performing, you should just keep performing. Yeah. You know? Um, no, I I've, I work with a lot of different perf- um, a lot of performers from different backgrounds. Whether nice. they've been fully trained as theater actors or they just do it as a mm-hmm. hobby or a side thing, um, it's it's just very clear that they have this instinct, this sort of like this need to perform and to tell a story. Yeah, and I you know um if you have that by all means that's fantastic you know. yeah oh. there's usually auditions or like mm. you said you could do your own show yeah. i know people who've done like a one-man show and they barely yeah. know what they're gonna do that's, that's, that's <laughs> lots of poets cool. i think uh, yeah, spoken yeah. word poets are guilty of that yeah <laughs> like i'm performing you're like what I'm like i don't know <laughs> we'll find out when i'm up there no, there's, we'll see what there's, comes out of my mouth wouldn't yeah. that be a concept though if we just next year like do a fringe have absolutely nothing planned no. and just see what happens. I mean, I'm sure they filter us out a little. They'd be like, yeah, you need to have a pitch of some sort, right? No? You know what? I don't I think don't you know. do. I don't oh think God. you do. How about we just record the audience and just have like a live podcast? remember how we were talking about um, <laughs> there was that art booth that was bad oh, advice? Oh, the bad advice booth. Yes. I saw that. <laughs> that would be a good show. Just like a person giving advice to people. Oh, for that, an hour that'd be amazing actually that would be just fine <laughs> that advice booth that's the entire, one set piece one person oh no the audience walks by and each person gets bad advice oh amazing amazing that would be fun that'd be so easy actually what i was gonna say is the best thing about the fringe is that they don't just use like theaters which are nice if you want like a nice fancy show blah blah, blah lights mics yep but they have like outdoor settings. Like I was in that one play and we just walked around the island. Like we had a park mm-hmm. where that slide is and that's where the show was like over the hill. It was actually yeah. kind of magical because we like went over the show like, or oh, sorry. The show started at the bottom of the hill. We went up the stairs for people who could. They could go on the side as well if they couldn't. And then over the hill, you see all the performers with like flashlights at night kind of like lit up. Oh, wow. It's very fun. But anyways, yeah. you have Funny. so many venues and ways. Like you could do a show on a stage, in a bush, in a parking lot. It's like That's you're so unexpected. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That is so I just amazing. love art in weird places. It's, and <laughs> yes. For somebody who has never really experienced theater like that, it just goes to show how like broad of a spectrum like theater and showing off your art is 
and it can be told in different ways and I think that's that's kind of magical I love that and there's so many one-man shows that are really it astounds me sometimes what one person can do Fleabag was originally a one-man what one woman show and it just blew up Mm -hmm. if you guys are familiar with there's just like anyway Mm -hmm. yeah I could think of a lot of good moments but when someone's like really good at acting with their whole bodies, another character mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or for example, I saw karaoke this year and he's like a one man karaoke, not really karaoke. He wrote his own songs. So story slash musical thing. And he does like a boy band thing himself. He has a whole boy band number as one dude. And it's amazing. I think that was my favorite part. And he's in a wind machine. Obviously, there's no wind machine. It's just him, like, holding his shirt back, like, <laughs> acting like he's in a wind machine. Uh, uh, he just acts like it. And it's, he does a very good job. I'm, yeah. Convincing wind going? machine. I kind of want to see that. I'm sure he'll do it again somewhere. He but did is the sea monkeys still that available? One, I don't know. That was, like, three years ago. We should, we should make that one. Thing again. <laughs> we should contact that guy. We'll Bring your him. 3D glasses. <laughs> anyway. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. This has been an absolute pleasure. We learned so much about The Fringe and also about directing and possibly getting into acting. and All, all of that. Oh, yeah. This oh. was a fun, full episode. Well, thank you so much for making the trip out. Thank you. <laughs> you made it. Yeah. Emily is, was a completely sold-out show. Unfortunately, you can't see it anymore. But is there any other ventures and projects that you're currently working on? Yeah. Well, strangely enough, I am. We were talking about like radio plays yes. briefly. So um, the next show I'm actually working on is a a what's well, called an audio drama. Drama. Mm-hmm. It's in an audio. It's a very immersive piece, but it's an adaptation of Frankenstein. <gasps> happening, Interesting. Happening at Pacific Theater, and um, I worked with a group. In the past, we did like versions of It's a Wonderful Life and The Christmas Carol, which was done as radio plays. Yeah. So um, I'm directing this year with mm-hmm. it, and it's like a new adaptation, and mm-hmm. we're tr- doing it's we're doing it for Halloween. Fantastic. Yeah. When is it going to? Um... So the run is October seventeenth to October November second. Seventeenth to November second. Well, you can catch Frankenstein. At Pacific Club. Uh, oh yeah, so it's uh, the full title is Frankenstein Lost in Darkness, mm-hmm. and it's running at um, Pacific Theater. Awesome. We'll put that on the blog as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. And we will drive you now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Because you don't want you to get. I like how awkward you said that. <laughs> Can you tell I'm really bad at this? <laughs> Hashtag trying not to be weird. I <laughs> That's my new motto. Uh, Please take that out. No, it's staying. <laughs> Bye. We would like to end this podcast by acknowledging and thanking the land that we are on that is the unceded territory of the Coast Salish people. Intro and outro are covered by surfs by Co Crater Boys. See you next time. Allie, would you care to do the honors? Tori and I are excited to be teaming up with Skillshare. Skillshare is an online platform with classes covering nearly every topic you can imagine, from internet marketing, graphic design, or even flower arranging. You can take all of their courses from the comfort of your own home. A pretty amazing thing, especially given all the time we're spending at home right now. Sign up for your free trial at skillshare.eqcm.net slash ILYD. If you love their service, you can get a two-month subscription for free. 
Now, back to the show. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.